The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Loving it. 11.05. Gorgeous sunny day out there. It's a crisp one, so bundle up if you're going to be walking around getting a little bit of exercise, which you should be doing, by the way. Don't sit in the house all day and... Hunker down, as they say. You want to stay active and get out there. Look, you have concerns about your health. We want to hear about it. Uh, questions, 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400. is a live, it is a call-in show, so we'd like to hear uh, hear some opinion. And uh, we're ready to go. Dr. Lou is here. You want to reach out to Dr. Lou during, after, or any other time. Info at pinpointhealth.ca and one eight five 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 D R L O U Doctor Lou. That's what that spells out to be. And a reminder as well: the clinics are open, robust, and ready to go. They are helping people, and that is not stopped. So have no fear of being uh, fully covered as far as PPE and distancing and all the uh, health measures that are uh, concerned and being uh, mandatory at this point. You can uh, enjoy all that at pinpointhealth.ca to reach out to a clinic near you. So, brother, where are we going this morning? How are you? Good morning, John. I'm well. How are you? I'm ready to uh, ready to do Rock some things. Yeah, man. All right, let's do it. Let's. Uh, right. You know, you 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 always start the show by saying get the calls coming in, uh, encouraging the listeners. By far, my favorite part of the show. I love interacting, <laughs> seeing if I can help anybody. Um, you know, a lot of the times we sort of start with some general topics and get everybody's brain sort of flowing. Um, you know, my scope of practice and my specialty is very much. Uh, musculoskeletal, so the body, right? So the injuries, sports injuries, uh, and other things that happen. And when I say sport injuries, I don't mean, you know, this is elite athletes, which I have dealt with, but uh, I mean, even just anybody can get hurt. One of the things that we know very well about the month of January, uh, and, you know, it's it's coming to an end, um, people try getting active again. Now, this year, obviously, is a little bit different because a lot of the places where you would do that have been limited if not fully closed uh but i i have still been hearing that a lot of people have been trying to um do a lot of stuff at home and and get you know moving and and eating healthy and things like that which is great to hear one of the things that happens towards the end of january and into february uh that we see at the clinic level is we get an influx of people who have sustained some type of injury as a result of trying to get active again. And that could be anything like, you know, it could be a shoulder injury from doing some type of overhead exercise. Um, It could be an arm injury. It could be, you know, spine injuries are constant. Um, But a lot of the times knee and ankle issues that have happened if people have started running or cycling again or doing whatever it is. And a lot of it you know, the, the big the big thing here is a lot of it is stuff that if, if intervened early enough um, can be eliminated or at the very least managed so well that it seems like it's not there and you can continue with your activity. The one issue that seems to happen that I've noticed is people prolong that. So, you know, we'll start to see people in the middle of February towards the end of February who are coming in and saying, listen, I, you know, when the new year sort of happened, I started getting active again. I started running. Um, immediately, I started feeling a knee issue or whatever it is and I just sort of went through it and I just kept pushing myself pushing myself but now I'm at the point that I can't take it anymore it's swelling on me I actually can't run anymore and that's what
what stops a lot of the health goals that people actually have um, in the new year is, is sustaining some type of injury. And again, these injuries aren't a lot of the times, um, you know, an all or none where it's like you're fine one day and then the next day it's horrible, right? The fractures are like that, tears are like that. Most of the time, it's the repetitive issue, right, where you're maybe doing something wrong or not doing something as ideally as you could be. And if that's the case, then you sustain injury. And the worst thing, though, is people, you know, when, when you hear, oh, it was bothering me and I kept doing it, I kept doing it. Like, that, that's a big red flag for me. If your body is telling you that it's hurting, then I'm not saying you have to completely stop. But at the very least, get it looked at. And, and a lot of the times, you know, what I see in practice, what my colleagues see in practice is that very small interventions make a huge difference. A lot of the times it just has to do with deconditioning where people haven't done things for a very long time and so the body responds to that. And so a lot of it in the beginning might just be controlling that level of inflammation and then they're good. Other times it's small little things that maybe you're doing wrong. As an example, let's say you started using a, a stationary cycle at home and you're starting to get some lower body issues. One of the things that you may have not realized is maybe the seat height is wrong for you. Maybe it's too high or too low. And either of those two problems um, can create different types of pain um, and symptoms that come along with that. So it's really important. So these small modifications can go a very, very long way. And this goes to what I consistently, the message that I try to consistently deliver on this show is that early intervention is key. And, you know, John, we know this. We hear this all the time with the, with the very serious life-threatening things in our health, right? We, we hear this about cancer screening and heart health and all this stuff, that early detection, early detection. Um, mm. And that is the way to go. But it's no, health, it's no different in the musculoskeletal health, in pain and injury. Really, that's consistent across all of healthcare interventions. The earlier we can detect something, the more things that we can do to intervene that will have a greater effect, and the more likely you will respond prognostically because it's early on, you don't have long-term injury setting in, you don't have the um, psychosocial component of pain, the learned behavior, which, you know, this week being a mental health week, uh, is a very important thing to consider as well in chronic issues. So early intervention um, and early detection of these issues is really, really key in terms of, of, of preventing and, and keeping you healthy. And, and I think that resonates with a lot of people. The, the unfortunate part is the messaging around this isn't great, and, and that's what I try to do. But I think every time I talk about this, I get calls after the show, and it resonates with people. They say, yeah, you know what? Like, you're right. I, I want to keep being active. I know that I've been feeling this, you know, what seems like a mild issue, and I don't want it to stop me uh, because I'm, I'm achieving my goals. I'm doing what I want to do. I feel great. And it's so sad when you get to the point where something that's so preventable um, ends up stopping you. And then, you know, and then the unfortunate part is then everybody waits till the following year. Um, so, you know, early intervention, getting, getting these things looked at is, is really, really critical. You, you know, John, every time we get a call and someone starts off by telling us their symptoms, usually my next question is, have you had a professional look at this? Right. And if the answer is yes, then that, you know, we go one way. If the answer is no, then I usually say, okay, well, you know, that would be my next recommendation right off the bat. Like, I'll keep listening and I'll, and I'll give you what I think, but you've got to get this looked at by a professional. The idea of self-diagnosis is, is a bad, bad thing. And in fact, one of the things that I, I think I brought up a few months ago that was really perplexing to me that I saw it, 
I've seen a number of my colleagues on Instagram and other social media platforms trying to teach people how to self-diagnose, like in a way to manage issues during COVID. And I'm just sitting there scratching my head thinking, what? Like the idea that you can self-diagnose is not a good thing. I'm all for uh, being educated, right? Going somewhere and saying, hey, you know, in fact, one of the questions that I teach my students when I teach, um, when, when you're interacting with a patient, I'll often say to them, ask the patient what they think it is. Not because you need to know, you're going to figure it out, but just to see where their mind is, just to see where they're headed with it, just to, to you know, to, to consider that. So being informed is a really great thing. And I'm all for people being informed about their health and doing the research and trying to look at it. But don't don't be your own doctor. Don't be your own healthcare professional. Don't be your own therapist. It's not the right thing to do. It never goes well. Um, I, I've seen it thousands of times at this point in my career where people try to do that. They think they know what's wrong or, you know, even worse, John, is you hear something like, you know, people start giving others advice. So they're not actually going to professionals. They may be talking to, you know, their brother-in-law or their sister-in-law or something. And, you know, it's like, oh, my mom had that and this is what they did right. and it worked. And so they go down that route and it's like that that's potentially the worst thing you can do. Um, because the, the other problem with the wrong things is it can actually make it worse. Um, yep. And, and one of the examples that I use a lot for this is the example of stenosis, which is common in older people. So this isn't like a functional injury due to working out or anything like that. But one of the things that I've seen clinically with stenosis is, you know, people with spinal stenosis will start to get get a stooped forward posture where, where you look at them and they're actually bent forward. Now that is the body actually doing that to take pressure off the nerves. And a lot of times because these people are elderly, when they're coming in, they're coming in with their spouses and their spouses will sit there and say like, I've been telling, you know, them to force themselves to be up straight and walk further and they're not listening. They're not listening. And it's like, well, that's actually the wrong advice. That's actually making them probably worse over time. And they sit there thinking like, oh, geez, like, I didn't know that. And it's like, well, exactly, that's what I'm here for and why other professionals like me exist is to, is to help take this, you know, tremendous thing that we call health and decipher it in a way that you can digest it uh, for what's important to you and then, and then apply the right things to your health. And, you know, that's a really, really important thing when you're, when you're dealing with things. Back issues are like that. When people think that they have disc injuries and, you know, someone says, oh, that sounds like a disc herniation. And they're given advice to do something for a disc herniation. And then it ends up not being a disc herniation. And it's really a facet joint issue. And what they were doing for the disc herniation is actually aggravating their facet joint. Now, throwing in a lot of medical terms there. But the point is, is if you're not sure about the diagnosis and the treatment is going to be wrong, because treatment is predicated on diagnosis and if your treatment is wrong not only are you not going to get better but you also have the chance of making yourself worse if you're doing something that can hurt the right diagnosis yep getting uh, medical advice from a friend or uh, google med school never a good idea look we're going to uh get to a break here in a minute or two but it's uh, to your point i mean i have my my niece's husband real a relatively young guy 36 37 so he's a young guy still limber should be anyway just just yesterday he's at work and he had to close a lid on a, on a piece of machinery which normally you do with a forklift so you can tell it takes a bit of pressure he decided to save a bit of time and reach up and uh, lower it on his own lower back boom he's Not been good. on it for two days so i i already said to him don't deal with this on your own. Go see, uh, go see Doctor no. Lou, man. Trust me, you don't want a lifelong back injury. Take it from the kid who knows. 
It's uh, yeah. it's not a cool thing. Let's get a call lined up here, Dr. Loon. We'll take a short break and come back to it. I'll give you some time as well to make that phone call, 416-870-6400. This is a live call-in show. Now is the time you want to do that. Have a conversation. Let's get it happening. Pinpoint Health Show right here, Global News Radio. All right, back at it. Uh, yeah, you know that number, 416-870-6400, live call-in show. It's uh, 1120. It's a beautiful day to uh, get that phone call, get some answers, or at least go down the right road to uh, to getting better. Don't rely on your own knowledge or a book or the Internet. Uh, make that phone call. Dr. Lou is here for that expressed purpose, 416-870-6400, info at pinpointhealth.ca. And the clinics are all all open, by the way. Reno, thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging on, fella. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, man. What's up? Good morning. Uh, about August, around August, I hyperextended my, my, my right forearm. I was taking a dirt a shovel of dirt out of the back of the truck, and I'm usually left dominant, so I was holding it the other way. And from that day on, it just hasn't been the same uh, pain around my elbow, forearm, uh, what do you call that, tennis elbow kind of feeling. Right. Uh, I was told to lay off of it. Don't worry, it'll heal. And here I am, six, seven months later, and still, as yeah. soon as I go to do something with my arm, it just it hurts for days on end. Yeah. Try it. Um, where exactly? I mean, it's hard over the radio, but where exactly does the like? Is it hurt in that area? Is it at the back, like on the the bony part of the elbow, or is it in the fleshy part where it, the muscles yeah. are? The bottom of the elbow, above the bottom of the elbow, is one spot, and then the other spot is on uh, past the elbow on the top of my forearm. So, like the tennis elbow area. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so so one of the things that is unfortunately this idea when I hear, and I don't know who told you this, and it, it, to some extent it doesn't even matter. But when I hear the idea of just don't do anything and it will heal on its own when it comes to musculoskeletal injuries, like that is 1970s thinking. That that doesn't exist anymore. And anybody that's still making those recommendations um, isn't isn't up to date with the best evidence on this stuff. One of the catchphrases that I'll often use is physical problems need physical intervention. Uh, most of the time, most of the time, there there are obviously cases where. Um, you know, you, you, it may not be necessary. Also, you know, sometimes rest might be important for the first little component of an injury, like, you know, if there's significant inflammation and you want that go, to go down. But I would say 99% of the time, physical problems need physical intervention. Um, and so this idea of do nothing and it should should heal on its own is, is the wrong way of thinking about this stuff. Uh, a lot of times there needs to be some type of, again, physical intervention. Now, there's a bunch of things that are physical interventions, right? Um, it could be all the way from very conservative things like manual therapy, like massage therapy, things like that, to machines, um, to acupuncture, to, you know, on, on the most sort of, uh, uh, you know, invasive end of that spectrum being injections now often it doesn't need that so you know i i I always sort of say i don't know exactly what's going on with your forearm because i'd have to assess it and i think that that's step one but i would imagine and based on my experience that step two is often uh, a little bit of treatment and a little bit of treatment for these types of things can go a very long way Um, and then a lot of it becomes what do you need to do sort of day to day to help uh, that injury to heal and also try to prevent it from coming back now the 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 nice thing 
it's not nice for you, but the nice thing for us when we see a patient like you is you have a very specific incident in time where this started, that, that traumatic, although it's not severely traumatic, it's traumatic to some extent. And that helps us to figure out, okay, I know the mechanism of injury. Where, there's, where these things often become harder is if someone like you says, hey, I'm getting this issue, but I don't know what I've done for me to get here. And I don't really do anything that could describe this. That's always tougher. So you're actually in, when you have something that has a mechanism of injury in place, it often makes it easier for whoever the health professional is to figure it out and treat it. So, um, you know, August is a long time. Um, you know, in, in terms of a muscul in the musculoskeletal world, but you're still within the window where having the intervention can make a world of a difference and, and probably even get it to the point where it's not, you know, bothering you every single day. But, but I would well, say I what sounds like the missing link is that there's been no intervention and just the idea of rest isn't, isn't going to really work. So how do I get this intervention or treatment? I will have someone call you on Monday and, uh, and if you like, you can see me or you can see anybody that deals with these types of things, right? I'm not, I'm not the only person uh, in the world, but I will definitely have someone from my team call you. And if you're interested in seeing me, uh, they'll coordinate that. Awesome. Sounds good. Okay. Reno, appreciate the, uh, appreciate the call, man, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. And by the way, I'll just give you that information so you can have it as well. Uh, to get a hold of Dr. Lou, one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. You want to call and keep that number or info at pinpointhealth.ca. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to sit back and see how that, that call went through because so many people are in the same boat or a similar boat to Reno. I mean, look at me. We've talked about this a hundred times. I've got both on the same arm, golfer's elbow and tennis elbow. It is a drag. It's and it can and it can crop up and creep up at any time at all. It could be the most innocent thing you're doing, and all of a sudden you've got a tensor bandage on for four or five days. You got to get it taken care of because it's it's a real drag. So I know where he's coming from, right? Yeah, and and you know one of the more concerning parts about that call is this idea still where people are being recommended to just rest and do nothing. And yeah, the amount of times that I still hear that, it's like I. I I bang my head against the wall and it's like the if health professionals are still giving that advice for musculoskeletal injuries like oh don't do nothing and it'll get better on its own it's like you know may, maybe if you said hey you don't have to do anything formal but do this this and this at home that's not doing nothing right that's that's still but the idea of don't do anything and it'll and it'll get better on its own it's just really the wrong way of thinking. It's it's not the evidence-based approach to this. Um, again, my little catchphrase being being that physical problems need physical interventions, and if you're not doing that, then you know that's unfortunately the outcome. A lot of the times is that the the injury or whatever it is, the pain that you're having often doesn't get better, um, and then you know you go on for too long. And again, the complexity of chronic issues is much harder than the than when we're dealing in the acute or subacute phase and just so you know i throw those terms out a lot but just to give people a frame of reference acute meaning you know probably within two to three weeks of that injury subacute probably you know somewhere in between that two to three weeks to say six weeks eight weeks and then chronic sets in you know there's a little bit of argument in the literature and i would also say it depends on what part of the body we're dealing with. But, you know, three to six months, anything after that, you're dealing with a chronic issue. Um, so definitely you want to try to get it before that. Um, if you can get it in the subacute phase, great. But the best time to get it is in that acute phase. And 
you know, I, I've said before, John, I'm not saying if you, you know, do something and it's mild and you hurt yourself today, you have to go run somewhere tomorrow, which there would be nothing wrong with that. But if, if something is still bothering you, you, you 48 hours after, then, then that, that is something that, that needs to get taken a look at. Because a lot of the times, like say something like delayed onset muscle soreness, which is like the working out soreness that you might get from doing these types of things, that should subside within 48 hours. And so what you're trying to figure out is, are, are you dealing with delayed onset muscle soreness, which you know, you'll know within the first 48 hours, or are you dealing with something more? And if you have something where you're like, well, it's just because I worked out and I'm sore, but it's been going on for four days, that's not just simple muscular soreness. That, that is potentially an injury starting to happen, and, and you really need to take that into consideration. 416-870-6400. That's the number to call here live like Reno did. And see, that's how it works. Get some answers. Now the guy's probably feeling uh, better already knowing that he's going to get a hold of you guys and get down the, the right way because you can't let these things fester. Yeah, bed rest. That's always uh, good advice. Maybe yeah. back in the Second World War. but Knowledge, knowledge is power, John, when it comes 100%. to health, right? Knowledge, yeah. knowledge, education, and, and empowerment of a patient is very, very important. And a lot of times um, I think, you know, I've seen so many people over the years and sometimes all I do with people in terms of what I'm providing them is advice in terms of what they need to be doing at home, explaining sort of what they have going on. And then when I follow up with these people, the amount of improvement that happens is tremendous just based on that, just just based on having some information and being knowledge about what you have going on with you there's so much power in that and that's clear in the in the research as well that comes out about musculoskeletal injuries we consistently see that education and empowerment is key to really getting people better which is essentially the genesis of this show for me this is why i ever decided to do this show is how could i speak to more than just one person at one time in my office um and, and this was the the opportunity to do that where i could speak to many many listeners at any one given point uh and let them know that you know they've got to figure out what's going on with them and and you know being reassured uh, can can you know like what I did there with just the reassurance of like hey if you get this looked after you probably will be fine now you know asterisks I have to assess them to know that for sure but in general um, you know and that that can go a very very long way for uh, for people to 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 really feeling like there's light at the end of a tunnel when you're dealing with these types of injuries. Um, and, you know, musculoskeletal health when it comes to arm pain, shoulder pain, low back pain, knee pain, whatever it may be, you know, as humans, we try to tough that out. We're, we live in a, yeah. a culture where it's been built where it's like, ah, you can deal with that. Like, you know, you don't have to worry about that. But the reality is the one thing that I uh, really try to highlight is in healthcare, we give a lot of attention to the things that might have an effect on the quantity of our lives, right? So, so COVID is a perfect example. It has the potential to kill you, so we put tons of effort into it. The one thing where we lack in healthcare, and it would be gen true healthcare, is quality of life. And a lot of these musculoskeletal injuries obviously are not going to have a quantitative impact on your life because, you know, you're not, you don't have tennis elbow and you die the next day from that, obviously. But the quality of life that happens with that is tremendous. Like maybe you want to keep playing the sport that you're playing or doing the activities that you're doing or playing with your kids or lifting them up or, you know, being able to work and not feel pain, whatever. There's, there's like tons of different things that I can go through. But what I'm trying to highlight 
is that these pain and injury problems have a big impact on the quality of our lives. And I think that's a really important thing for people to consider uh, about life. It's not just the quantity of the time that we're here on Earth, but also the quality in which we're here. And these things can have a tremendous impact. And for anyone that says, well, you know, can it ever get that bad? It's like I've seen people who have low back pain and it becomes so chronic that it ends up ruining their lives. They lose their jobs. They lose their relationships and it's a big spiral and there's so many reasons as to why that happens and and it's not something that doesn't happen is the reality of it and because it does happen these things need to be taken seriously now i'm by no means saying that you know a tennis elbow injury is going to lead to the complete demise of your life and the quality of your life but i'm trying to highlight a point that these things aren't insignificant and they shouldn't be just you know put in in the back of the trunk and don't worry about it until it's a big issue Let's get to a, uh, another call here in a moment. We're just getting it lined up. Uh, Eric's going to be on the line with us. And uh, one thing I want to talk about maybe after the break, I, and you know what, never mind, we'll get to Eric right now. Don't want to make the uh, make the guy wait. Hey, Eric, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. How are you, pal? Uh, very good, thank you. Excellent. What's going on with you? Yeah, so I've had multiple groin injuries, and it's gotten to the point where it's pretty chronic. It's been a, a long going. I've gone to the doctor. They've done ultrasounds. Uh, short of any other invasive procedures, it's continuously coming back over and over again. Um, follow the rice method, and it just never seems to go to way, away. And generally uh, to the point where even just sometimes getting out of a vehicle could tweak it pretty bad and then have difficulty walking for a couple of days. So I wanted to see if the timeline of repairing that without invasive surgery is gone. Um, so when you say groin injury, what do you mean by a groin injury? So a really bad pull in the upper groin. Um, I used to tape it playing hockey because it was so bad, and then it kind of from the right side to the left side. Um, so like just spreading my legs out wide. Um, yeah. The injury is so prevalent that to do any significant like ab workouts where you're lifting the legs in is very challenging. Yeah. Um, and the and the original injury is from hockey. Yeah, I got uh, knee on yeah. knee in my and spread my leg out, and then over time the right side was bad. That was where the original injury is, and then it kind of I guess I was compensating, and now the so it's both sides now. So it's impacting my life. And, and you said that mainly you've applied the rice method, which is just really rest, ice, and elevation, and that stuff. Have you done any other type of physical intervention like therapy? Yeah, I've tried, and again, it uh, it does kind of seem to kind of rear its ugly head again over time. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess the. It, the, the question really becomes what, like, to say a groin injury is, is sort of like saying, you know, fever or whatever, and it's like, well, what, what exactly is going on with the groin? Is there uh, a muscle that is, you know, partially torn? Is there something that is more stretched or whatever? There's a multitude of things, but I, I would think that it doesn't sound like to me you've exhausted every conservative option. Um, so, you know, the, the idea of surgery should not be forefront at this point. Uh, I think the getting it, again, looked at and really understanding what the genesis of this is, um, you know, sometimes it has to do with, like, hip issues and underlying other problems that may be present. So, uh, you know, I think it's worth, if, if you're up for it, I'll have someone call you and maybe we could take a look at it and see what the options are um, in terms of if there's something that you could be doing that's different than what you've already tried. Yeah, that sounds good. It seems to be a, a catalyst to other things. Now I'm having, I am right. having right hip issues. Uh, my yeah. left quad on the upper quad has now been strained. I think, um, yeah, well, absolutely, that would be great. Okay. 
Awesome. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Eric. Appreciate the time. And here's uh, what we're going to do. one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. That is the number. Reach out there and email. Don't hesitate for a moment. Info at pinpointhealth.ca and simply pinpointhealth.ca. We'll give you more contact on the website as well. Uh, Rob, see you there. Stand by. We will get to you as well. And your phone call. Still got plenty of time on a lovely Saturday afternoon. 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show. Global News Radio. All right, welcome back. 11.38, uh, still lots of time for your phone calls. Uh, get on the road to some answers with Dr. Lou. He's uh, he's here and willing. That's why we do the show each and every Saturday. 416-870-6400 is the way to do precisely that. Rob, thank you so much, man, for hanging on for a, a couple minutes there. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Well, I'm not completely well or I wouldn't be calling. But I yeah, right. <laughs> gotcha. What's, uh, what's going on? Okay, about five, I'm a 57-year-old man. About five months ago, while playing pickleball, I felt a little shift in my foot, like a, you know, a twist or a sprain. And it became very difficult to walk <clears throat> for a few months. I had an x-ray and an ultrasound in early December, and it said that I've got Achilles, uh, not tendonitis, tendinosis. I know there's a difference on both sides. Also plantar fasciitis on both feet in both feet and it also said i've got um it, it's possible that i cracked a little piece of the bone off at the end of the tibia so all sorts of problems going on i've been to physio chiropractor uh, had shockwave therapy you know worked on my calves i understand achilles problems are usually related to tight calves but it seems to be getting worse, so much so that I can't sleep at night. I mean, it's just agony. I mean, to walk around the block, I'd be sore for two days. I guess my question is, could it ever be more, you know, something terribly worse than what the X-ray and the ultrasound shows, or do these things just take forever to heal? Um, they can likely take forever. The one thing in terms of... Um, um, some of the stuff that you've said there i mean there's there, it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on the one the one issue and and it sounds like you're probably on the right path in all honesty but the big thing here is the feet are this you know if you've got a hand problem as an example you know i started the show by saying rest is never never the answer uh but the problem is is overactivity and overuse of something that has an injury is also not the answer and so the problem is is you know again what i was going to say is if you have a hand problem and and you know we can we can limit what you do with that hand we can tell you okay i need you to avoid this and do this and blah 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 the difficulty with the foot, the limitation would be like, hey, uh, you know, uh, Rob, we don't want you to walk anymore. And that's not really practical. Um, and so that is the, the, the hardest thing about treating any type of foot issue is that it's impossible to eliminate, you know, aggravating factors because yeah. a lot of the times the things that you have going on that are the aggravating factors are those things. Now, it's good that you're working on, it sounds like you're doing the right stuff. Do they have you also doing stuff to strengthen specifically what's called eccentric loading of your yep. Achilles tendon? Yes, they've, I've gone, they've gone through that, and I've studied that at great length. The problem yeah. is I've never stretched in my life, uh, but I, st I, I will now because they tell me to, and I'm desperate to fix it. The problem is when I do stretch, it's agony, so I stop. So I don't know. 
is is it is that a predictable first step and you just have to get through it or is that yeah yeah so so that? one of the things that that i'll often educate uh patients about is is a concept of hurt versus harm so there are a lot of things that might hurt but are not harmful for you when you're dealing with an injury, especially if it's been recommended by a professional. Whereas at the same time, you can have a lot of things that don't hurt at all, at all but are very, very harmful. Um, and so the idea in this case is, yeah, of course, once you're doing this eccentric loading and stuff, there's going to be hurt there but the important thing and again you're going to have to confirm this with whoever your healthcare professional is i'm i'm just again using what you're saying is you want to confirm that hurt it's hurting you but it's not harmful those are two very different things um whereas you know again you might have something that you're doing that is not hurting you at all but is actually extremely harmful um and those two concepts of hurt versus harm don't always coincide perfectly. It's not, it's not a perfect relationship where one equals the other. In fact, a lot of the times with therapy, it's an inverse relationship where as one goes up, the other goes down. So you, I, I would encourage you speak to whoever you're dealing with because it sounds like you're on the right track um, and just make them aware of your concern that, hey, this hurts, but I need to be reassured that I'm actually not harming myself and that I sort of need to, yeah, push through this a little bit and, and get on the other side of it. And, and that may actually make a big difference. What would be the next step if it doesn't get better, an MRI? Well, so not, you know, that is diagnostic in terms of the therapy. It's not, an MRI is not going to change likely the therapeutic intervention because there's only, only so many things that you could do. I would say in terms of a therapeutic intervention, in general, the spectrum of intervention for musculoskeletal injuries conservative options like you've done and then you would move into more minimally invasive options which may be like things like injections uh but i you know would say that again make sure you're exhausting that conservative bracket as much as possible by doing the right things and if and if it sounds like they've given you that eccentric loading but to me it sounds like what you're relaying is that you've tried and it hurts so you don't continue with it that may be the component that's missing you may have to push through that and again i'm not telling you to do that what i am saying is i want you to speak with them to make sure that there's a difference between hurt versus harm in your therapeutic uh, advice that you're being given great advice thank you very much no problem Thank you, Rob, for your time and uh, your phone call as well. We'll take uh, one more short break here before we get to the uh, rest of the show. So that gives you some time to grab a phone just like Rob did and the callers before him. 416-870-6400. Info at pinpointhealth.ca. And the website is pinpointhealth.ca as well. Pinpoint Health Show right here, Global News Radio. Yeah, welcome back. It is uh, Saturday, 11.48. You still have some time to to call in and ask your questions after the show, of course. Info at pinpointhealth.ca. The website is pinpointhealth.ca. And Dr. Lou also does a great podcast series called The Lou Down. Wherever you get your favorite podcasts, you can look for that. But here and now, still got some minutes. 416-870-6400 is the way to do that. You know, a lot of people, you know... Sometimes it's baseline treatment. They've just had an injury in the last uh, few days or weeks or even hours for that matter. There's You always hear controversy, Dr. Lou, with hot and cold. Which one to use? How often do you use it? Which one do you do first? Are you supposed to avoid one for certain injuries? Give us some clarity on that because that's, that's often the first thing people will go to is hot and cold. 
therapy, right? At home, anyway. You asked me at the end of the show with 10 minutes, and that's like a four-hour lecture. But (laughs) um, So in general, you're right, they they both will have their benefits. So, uh, you know, like everything that I say is whether you're using ice or heat, it's a form of intervention and therapy. And so the reality of, you know, what I said multiple times even through this show is that treatment is predicated on the diagnosis. So going to figuring out, well, what is the diagnosis? And once you have the diagnosis, then you can sort of figure out where, well, is ice better or is heat better? In general, what I like to tell people is this. Ice is really important for controlling inflammation, okay? And ice is going to be much better. Like a lot of people will sort of try to put, you know, and so, so, sorry, it's better for inflammation, and I also would say it's better for the acute injuries, okay? And I would say it's better in the extremities. So, like, you've rolled your ankle playing soccer or basketball or running or something, and you, you notice some visible swelling, it's in your extremity and it's new. I would say that that's probably an ice type of idea. You have a chronic injury that has no specific mechanism that's been going on for a very long time, i.e. low back pain. I would say heat is probably better in those times, and it's a bigger area, um, and and, and there's so much more stuff involved. But I would say you can try to think of these things versus acute versus chronic, and also the size of the body part, because the reality is even an acute injury in the back, you know, the things that you hurt in your back, if it's like a disc in there and you think putting ice on the top of your back mm-hmm. is going to penetrate cold that deep down, it's not going to happen, right? It just doesn't penetrate that deep. Um, so I would say that that's an important thing to consider. But again, where I'm sort of hesitant to just give a blanket recommendation is that it does really depend on what's going on. Like sometimes heat might be better. The other thing that's really important in the ice and the heat um, sort of debate, because it is something that people will disagree on, and, I, and I'm sure there's other professionals out there that might disagree with my stance, and that's fine. Um, I don't know everything. But one of the things that I've learned clinically is that it also depends on what people prefer so some people do really well with heat even for an acute injury they just don't respond well to cold like cold is not something that is for them and so uh you know that's important too what has traditionally worked for you when you've had other injuries um have you tried ice or heat at those points and which was better that may also have an effect so it's it's a very interesting uh thing but you know the other good thing about both is the side effects of either are going to be like nothing, right? Unless you, you know, you're using something extremely cold and and you create frostbite or if you're using something too hot and you burn yourself, which, you know, then we get into the question of other things. But, you know, normal (laughs) amounts of ice and normal amounts of heat, um, both are going to have very little negative consequences. So you may want to try both. Like that's what I'll tell people sometimes is they'll say, well, should I put ice or heat on this? And I'll say, you know what, try both. I want you to try ice today, see how that feels, and then try heat tomorrow, see how that feels. And you'll know which one you're sort of responding better to. And, um, and, and that's sort of, you know, the, my quick little soundbite on ice versus heat. Well, you've also said in the past, I think we were talking about this the other day, that don't always be scared and shocked by inflammation because that's sometimes the body's way to bring blood flow to an injury and start the healing process too, right? 100% and that and that again is the benefit of heat right because as right. you put ice on something you're actually going to push that stuff away whereas heat's going to draw more blood to an area it's going to create the inflammatory process and you know sometimes what we actually do is both right we'll, we'll 
heat followed by ice. Sometimes you want to drive that there, have it there for a period of time, and then pull it away. And so, again, this is sort of the, goes back to my point on it is really so dependent on what the diagnosis is. And the diagnosis of that individual, not all, say, meniscal tears are equal, right? Some people respond to a meniscal tear one way, others might respond another way. So the, the big thing that I think is really important in healthcare is individualized healthcare. What is right for you as the individual with that diagnosis? Um, which sort of brings me, you know, tangent here that I think is really important that I've introduced into my practice uh, from a wellness perspective and I've spoken about on the show is the genomic testing that we're doing, that I'm, that I'm offering. So if you really want to get an idea of who you are at your genetic level specifically with mood and behavior, cardiovascular health, metabolism, and methylation, this may be something for you. As a point of clarity, this is not ancestry. This is, doesn't, this is not one of those tests that tells you, you, you know, your makeup in terms of your cultures and things like that or, or stuff like that. This is actually your genes. The other thing this is not is those sensitivity tests that people have heard of where it's like, oh, I should eat chicken or I shouldn't eat chicken. This isn't that. This is actually your genes, specific genes that, that are being looked at and seeing which phenotype or which type of gene that you have in that and what that means towards those components of health. Um, and, you know, if people want to find out more about that, give me a call. You know, we're, we're running towards the end of the show, so it'll be impossible to um, do it justice. But it is something that a lot more people have been doing uh, that have been reaching out to me. They're, they're finding it, it really provides a lot of clarity uh, for them in terms of their health, the things that they're trying to achieve. And I think it's a great tool, I, again, from an overall wellness perspective. This isn't necessarily a therapeutic intervention uh, or a diagnostic intervention as much as it is, you know, someone wanting to understand who they are on a deeper level and, and something that is not subject to change, right? Your genes are your genes. And so those things aren't going to change about you. And, and it's really important to know that because then you can determine the things that you should be doing, the things that you should be taking, the stuff that should or should not go inside your body. And it can provide clarity on, on how do you get the best out of this thing called life, you know, your, your physical yeah. uh, life. Now, it's not a very, it's not invasive either, is it? The actual no, test it's itself. it's a saliva just test. A, wow. Saliva what test, happens? You okay. mailed directly to you. Um, uh, and then you, you just send it out with a waybill that's provided. And uh, six weeks later, about four to six weeks, you'll get a report um, that will sort of give you all this information. I'm suggesting to most people they may want to set something up to go through it with me because it can be a little loaded. Um, and, and, you know, if not, you could try to decipher it on your own. Uh, but I, I don't necessarily recommend that because it's going to tell you your genes, but it may not necessarily tell you what that means. I can help decipher that information in terms of what that means for you and your health and, and other things. And so I think it's a really great thing if someone's looking for their next step in their overall wellness journey. Um, I, I, I highly recommend it. Again, it, this is not something like, oh, I have this big massive problem and no one's been able to figure it out and now I want to figure it out with this. That may, it may not be the solution for that. It is very much about I, I'm trying to achieve overall wellness. I'm trying to do things better and better as time go on, goes on. And what can I learn from my genetics that can help me to do that? Just about done. Another reason to uh, reach out to Dr. Lou for so some more information on the genome testing or anything with your musculoskeletal matters. Uh, bring it on. He's always 
there and willing to help as we are every Saturday morning here on this uh, this radio show. Info at pinpointhealth.ca is the way to email Dr. Lou. The Pinpoint Health Clinics, of course, are open, so contact them for uh, an appointment or a consultation at least, and then one eight five 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 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. And we'll catch you next time the Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.